Man, I love how WWE trolls sometimes. Brock Lesnar, once again, the universal champion. I love it. I love it. Anybody that's a normal listener of our show remembers a couple of months ago, I said, wouldn't that be something if they put the belt back on Brock Lesnar after that storyline of him never defending the title and not caring about the fans of WWE just to do it again? But have no fear, everyone. Brock Lesnar will lose that title sooner than you think. It, You know, look, Braun Strowman winning the title is going to be special. May not feel as special now because the current state of WWE and storylines and now with Roman Reigns being out and a few things in disarray. But they want Braun Strowman's title win to really mean something. And no disrespect to our friends in Abu Dhabi and Saudi Arabia and anybody that follows the show regularly, you know that we do have people that live there that are WWE fans. And I've been saying for quite some time, you know, I understand how upset and annoyed wrestling fans are in the United States and the UK and other countries, but was so sad to see what has been going on for the past couple of weeks with the unfortunate death of Jamal Khashoggi is that while people were angry at WWE, angry at Saudi Arabia, blah, 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 da, 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 you never once thought about the fans that live in those areas that just want to see a WWE event. Just want to see a WWE event. And when it comes to Mr. and Mr. Bella, how I have said for the last two weeks, I personally feel, don't be surprised, and I know I sound like a broken record, don't be surprised now with the event over, you will start hearing little excuses, not necessarily in their uh, mouths, I guess you could call it, maybe news reports, articles. I, I would be very surprised to hear Cena or Daniel Bryan say something now. But don't be surprised if you see other sites and articles making excuses why they didn't go. Blaming it on the schedule. Blaming that John Cena is overloaded with work and couldn't go. Maybe Daniel Bryan couldn't find a babysitter for Birdie. You know, you're going to find excuses other than the fact that they didn't want to go because of blah, 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 blah. And God help them. If either one of them open up their mouths now and make an excuse other than the fact that they didn't want to go because of what happened with Khashoggi, that is so fucked up if they do that because they had all of these weeks to stop the speculation, to nip this in the bud, to stop. All, and now because the event is over, it's damage control. Daniel Bryan, John Cena. You turned your back on your little Saudi kids, the fans in Saudi Arabia that just wanted to see WWE. I know the government is questionable and there's a lot of things. Look, I didn't see the greatest Royal Rumble. And for everyone out there that's going to say, wow, Don Tony, hypocrite, you took that stance, the greatest Royal Rumble. You refused to watch, you refused to cover it because of the fact that they don't allow women to perform on the card. Why did you watch this event now? Why did you cover this event now? And you want to know why? Anybody that's on Patreon already knows the answer. Because we have, not a lot, but we have enough listeners that live in Saudi Arabia, that live in Abu Dhabi, that are WWE fans, that just wanted to see a wrestling event, that just wanted to hear us cover the event. And putting politics aside, because of them more than anything, I felt they deserved to hear my opinions on the show. And that is why I'm doing it. And that is the only reason why I'm doing it. 
So getting back to Brock Lesnar now, with all due respect to our friends that live in those areas, you have to treat Crown Jewel as a glorified WWE house show. Yes, it's been pushed online. It's been pushed on their TV shows. It's been the focal point of storylines for the past couple of weeks. Why? Because of the amount of money that's involved between WWE and Crown Jewel. Everybody thinks that it just stops at $450 million. I've been telling you all along. It is much more than that. They're not going to risk losing the deal. Now you hear that, was it, John Gabrachuk, whatever his name is? He's been in Saudi Arabia for a month setting this up. Meanwhile, you have people saying, oh, it's in jeopardy because Cena and Daniel Bryan don't want to go. But getting back to the point I was going to make about Brock Lesnar being universal champion right now, when Braun Strowman wins the title, it is supposed to feel special. It will be special. It might not feel as special as it should because of the current climate in wrestling in WWE. Roman Reigns not being there, you know, things changing. And by the way, I know I'm jumping back and forth, but that's how I do things here. When Shane McMahon threatened to fire anybody who was on SmackDown that lost a crown jewel, remember what I said last week, expect trades to happen. I think I said this the night that Roman Reigns went down. I mean, I hate to say it that way, but it's the truth. Expect trades. They have to shuffle up these rosters a little bit. I know it's kind of odd right before Survivor Series, but yeah, expect at least a couple of trades, at least one or two. So, those wrestlers may, in fact, end up getting traded to Raw. We don't know, but we'll see what happens. But once again, glorified house show. And the best way I could describe it is I'm a guy. So this is more addressed to guys out there. You have a girl that's going to come over your house. Maybe you met her brand new. Not long-time relationship. You want to impress her, but you got very, very little cash. And you told her you are going to make her a dinner. I don't care if it's chicken or it's fish or it's steak, whatever you want to come up with. But you got very little cash. So what do you do? You go to the supermarket and you might buy prepared food. If you have a set of balls, you'll buy a TV dinner. But then you bring it home and you're like, wait, she's going to figure this out that I didn't make this. So what do you do? You go in your closet. You might add a little bit of adobo. You might add a little bit of tomato sauce. You might add a little bit of spices. You might blend in a couple of extra ingredients. Maybe you get some fresh vegetables and you stir fry it and you put it all together. And now it looks like it's a really expensive dish. But in all reality, most of the ingredients was done cheap and you just hyped it up to make it look like it was worth that much more. But it really wasn't. And that's what Crown Jewel is. It is a glorified WWE house show. And as far as Brock Lesnar getting the title, I would be very skeptical of Brock Lesnar holding that title all the way to WrestleMania because the storyline that they have been doing with him has not worked. They have tried. And they really thought that Brock Lesnar would be get booed out of the building and Roman Reigns cheered as a motherfucker. And last year I said, you know what? You'll probably get them both booed. And that's what happened. So the lesser of two evils, you have Brock Lesnar win the universal title at Crown Jewel instead of Braun Strowman. That's the way I look at it. Now, shout out to everyone. Welcome to this recap of WWE Crown Jewel. I've already got into a few things, if you notice. Now, when you look at the matches themselves, quite a few of them ended very quickly. Five minutes, seven minutes. 
So much for the social justice warriors out there that thought, oh, they'll make good on it by having Bobby Lashley win the whole competition, and then he'll go on and win the heavyweight title and to be the first black universal champion. How many universal champions have we had so far? A couple? So I'm sorry. I'm not saying this to be an asshole, but the first black universal champion, uh, to me, that's no big deal. If the title was around for 50 years and you did that, yeah, okay. But we already have Mark Henry, Booker T., stop with this, you know, oh, landmark, you know, no, stop it, stop it. But a lot of the matches today were quick. It reminded me of, what was it, the main event? What was that WWE event from 1985? They did a tournament, Hogan versus Orndorff, I believe, was on that card as well. And they, because there was so many tournament matches, they had to burn through them quick, burn through them quick. I will say this, this event the results were very surprising for a lot of people, and I'll tell you why. You look at the first event, the Greatest Royal Rumble, and the Saudi prince really wants to see certain stars from yesteryear, nostalgia, people that they have admired for thousands of miles away. They want to see them in the limelight. So when you look at Dolph Ziggler being the best in the world, that's really surprising in Saudi Arabia, unless Saudi Arabia wasn't, I don't want to say they didn't care, but, you know, they allowed WWE to have some leeway to have certain stars win for certain reasons. I am really happy that Dolph Ziggler got it. I honestly expected someone like Randy Orton or maybe Rey Mysterio, and if you really want to go with a long shot, Seth Rollins. But then we thought, okay, Seth Rollins, there's no way because if Dean Ambrose is going to travel all the way to Saudi Arabia and he doesn't have a match, maybe he'll get involved in one of Seth Rollins' matches in this tournament, and this extends the storyline even further. But that did not happen. You had um, Hulk Hogan be the host of the event, it was pretty entertaining to see him come out, the real American and everything like that. I mean, remember, you know, Saudi Arabia and the U.S. have a little bit of friction right now because of the uh, the unknowns with the killing of Jamal Khashoggi. I've said all along that it just eeks of a mafia hit. But the bottom line is, is that Saudi Arabia and the U.S. still have decent relations. That's why WWE is there. That's why other companies are there. That's why other things are going on. WWE is not the only group of people going to Saudi Arabia from the USA. So Hulk Hogan, nice to see him back. I thought it was really fucked up to see Twitter in their moments section call him disgraced WWE star. There's been a lot more fucked up shit going on in this country from high profile people that have been um, specifically quoted of making racial comments. I don't want to pick any names. You could take any side of the aisle you're on. You could fill in the blank any way you want. But to turn around and call him disgraced, I mean, I live in a country with his redemption. And the guy so far has redeemed himself. Of course, some people still, you know, are not thrilled with him being back. But for somebody like Twitter to write that, I just thought that was fucked up, in my honest opinion. Now, Renee Young was there. She was covered up. And for everyone out there that didn't understand how could Renee Young be doing commentating if women are not allowed to perform, 
you obviously need to take out some social studies books or do some Google search and start learning to read a little bit because how the fuck do you not know that women are allowed to do certain things in Saudi Arabia? The only thing is, is that they cannot perform on these events and they also have to be heavily clothed. They have women journalists. They have women doing specific shows and this is and that. So it was nice to see Renee Young there. Uh, I heard that she actually traveled separately from the WWE roster. And that was done by design because, you know, look, as much as I give Saudi Arabian government the benefit of the doubt in some cases, again, remember, I did not watch the Greatest Royal Rumble because I don't like the way they treat women. I don't like the way they treat uh, LGBTQ. And although they have this 30-year plan and everything, yeah, I have a 30-year plan that I'm going to go down to 210 pounds. Everybody makes promises. And will all those promises be kept? I don't know about that. And what will always stick out in my mind was the greatest Royal Rumble. And I heard the news that a, a, a brief moment, Carmella showed up on the WWE Titantron in the arena and all the guys, the adult guys in the audience almost had an orgasm. And the government almost had a fucking brain aneurysm. They got so angry that her image showed up. That should give you an idea as far as how they really view women in many cases. On a video clip for a split second. And they were in uproars making apologies. Angry. Angry. That should tell you something, man. So there's a lot of shit that I'm not happy with with Saudi Arabia. But again, the event took place. I watched it. On a scale of 1 to 10, I give it a 5 or a 6. I mean, it was. It, I went into it thinking that it was a glorified WWE house show, and everybody else should have felt that way as well. I know that there's a lot of fans out there that see how much time was invested on TV, and that took away from the current roster and some of the current storylines. Some of the current product has been hurt because of these overseas events, but on the business side, WWE is making a boatload of cash. That's the way it is. You fucking give that much cash to WWE, they'll air two, three hours of just fucking paint drying if that's what they want to see. So to me, it was a glorified house show. Didn't look at it as a huge landmark, you know, event-changing, you know, storylines and swerves. We didn't get that. Kickoff show, Jonathan Coachman, David Otunga, and Booker T hosted from a studio. We had some video package air. Shinsuke Nakamura retains the U.S. championship over Rusev. About 10 minutes. Match went longer than I expected. Match went longer than some of the other tournament matches. And as I said earlier, Shane McMahon, they showed the footage of him telling the SmackDown wrestlers, if you lose, you're fired. And again, I think that this is to set up some trades very, very soon. Or maybe someone's fired and they just show up at Raw. WWE Crown Jewel. Um, Hogan came out, introduced, uh, the, welcomed the fans, and got a really nice response. I'll tell you, I'm a little surprised that Hogan didn't do the interview circuit out there because you had Ziggler and Drew McIntyre and some others doing interviews while they were out there and you didn't see Hogan and Hogan is such a pop culture icon. And yes, things have been fucked up with uh, some of his behavior in his personal life, but still I honestly thought Saudi Arabia would probably would have taken advantage, have some interviews with the guy did not see that. And maybe one will pop up here and there, but I did not see that. 
Opening match, Rey Mysterio versus Randy Orton in a World Cup tournament. Rey Mysterio beats Orton in five and a half minutes to advance to the semifinals. Jeff Hardy versus Miz was next. Miz over Jeff Hardy to advance, and right away my predictions are all fucked up. I did get a kick out of one moment in Rey Mysterio's match. If you saw it, Randy Orton was knocked outside uh, the ring. He was laid out on the ring. And Rey Mysterio was in the ring, and he ran across the ring, didn't dive over the top rope, but kind of dove off of the bottom, you know, underneath the bottom rope. And it almost looked like it, he stumbled and then flew out of the ring. It, he did not stumble. He, the move was done exactly the way he wanted it. But when you watch him do that to the outside of the ring, it felt like the opposite of Titus O'Neil from the Greatest Royal Rumble. And yes, I didn't see Greatest Royal Rumble, but I saw that fucking, you know, fall that he did because it was replayed a million and a half times online. But when Ray did that to the outside, I said, oh, we should call that the reverse Titus because it looked like a reverse of Titus O'Neil's dive, which was pretty funny. But here we're in two matches. We already have Jeff Hardy advancing and Mysterio advancing. Next, you got Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley. Uh, Seth Rollins gets the win in five and a half minutes. You look at the times of these matches, very, very short. Yes, you have a couple of more matches because of the tournaments. And yes, you're going to save, you know, the, the three major matches with most of the time. But this, you know, just really felt rushed. It really did. Um, I know a lot of people were surprised to see Lashley uh, lose so quickly, but it is what it is. Um, Kurt Angle versus Dolph Ziggler next. That match went eight minutes long. Dolph Ziggler gets the win. Kurt Angle uh, looking good, you know, did some suplexes. And um, I think people will honestly say that he looked to be in better shape than some people expected. And I know that sounds ridiculous because Kurt Angle has never been out of shape. I think people remember when he dressed up in the shield and it looked a little bit off and everything. So I think they're basing it on that. But Kurt Angle has been in great physical condition, and he's not that old. I mean, yes, he's had some major surgeries, and he had the broken neck, and he's had, you know, some, you know, some things that have really, you know, slowed down the the end part of his career. But he can still do it, and it was a lot of fun to see Kurt Angle wrestle in this match, and and I honestly think Dolph Ziggler probably loved every minute of it as well. So next, Sheamus and Cesaro over the New Day to retain the SmackDown tag titles. Fun match. Big Show was there as well in the corner of Cesaro and Sheamus. You had Xavier Woods in the corner of Big E and Kofi Kingston who actually wrestled in the match. Uh, Sheamus hit the bro kick on Big E and got the pin. You know, a decent match. I mean, these matches were solid, but they were, some of them felt very quick. And there was nothing really standing out for it. Again, glorified WWE house show. If you've ever been to a house show, these are pretty much the types of matches you would get. And that's not a negative thing. I think sometimes people forget, you know, I remember when they did Starcade not too long ago and, you know, everybody was trying to get a feed online and watch it and this, this and that. And then when people saw it, like, wow, it just felt like it was missing a lot of things. No fucking shit. It was never treated as a major pay-per-view. It was a house show, glorified house show. Next, you had Miz over Rey Mysterio. And here's where things get wacky, but at the same time, we thought was going to get a little predictable. 
Now, I should mention that earlier in the night after Rey Mysterio beat Randy Orton, Randy Orton flipped out, beat the shit out of Rey Mysterio, did a little bit of outside the ring, beat down, slammed Rey over uh, on a table, and they were selling that Rey Mysterio was banged up a little bit going into his match with Miz. So now we're starting to think, okay, Miz could possibly win this whole thing. Fine. At the same time, Seth Rollins, he's going to have his match against Dolph Ziggler. Commentating is kind of leading that maybe Seth Rollins is not necessarily 100% because of being attacked by Dean Ambrose. We're wondering, does Dean Ambrose cause Seth Rollins to win? Or does Dean Ambrose maybe get involved causing uh, Dolph Ziggler to be DQ'd? leading to Seth Rollins advancing. We don't know which way it's going to go, but that's what a lot of people were feeling. That's what a lot of social media was writing as well. Had a lot of interference by Drew McIntyre. Towards the end of the match, there was a uh, a moment where Drew McIntyre shoved Seth Rollins off of the rope when the ref wasn't looking. Dolph Ziggler hits the super kick for the win. Interesting to see Ziggler use the super kick for uh, a finisher with Shawn Michaels also being on the card, albeit just for one night. And we'll talk about Michaels in a little bit. But Dolph Ziggler defeats Seth Rollins. After that, uh, Ziggler is interviewed by um, Byron Saxton saying that, you know, the referee's decision is final, but the win is kind of tainted and Dolph Ziggler don't want to hear it. He is going to be boasting at the end of the night that he's best in the world, blah, 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 blah. So now, you know, you got to keep that thought because we are leading into Survivor Series. And remember what happened last year with SmackDown invading Raw and they did all this hashtag shit last year. And then Raw, we wondered if Raw's going to invade back and all this hatred and everything. So we got to get into the hatred moment between the GMs and the commissioners. Fine, whatever. So this leads into Miz versus Dolph Ziggler in the final. We don't get that match yet. First, we have AJ Styles retaining the WWE Championship over Samoa Joe. 11 minutes, good match, not their best match in their series. Obviously, some of the brawls they had this year were, you know, you can't put them in the same category. But match ended a lot shorter than we all expected. Makes you wonder what's going to happen with Samoa Joe at this point, even though I think pretty much everybody expected AJ Styles to retain the title at Crown Jewel. A lot of people feel at this point it might be uh, the right time to maybe put the belt on someone else. But, you know, Crown Jewel was not going to be the event. But still, a good match, fine. Baron Corbin comes out and they show the Universal Championship. We have Braun Strowman versus Brock Lesnar for the vacated Universal title. Baron Corbin sits ringside. They do the introductions. Um, you know, it was funny because people online, uh, for some reason, thought JoJo was going to be there. I don't. I I think it was just people trying to get attention to their social media pages. But anyway, match ended in three minutes. And if you pay attention to Brock Lesnar matches in the past, they do end in many cases very very quick. So now, when you think of the fact that it's three minutes long, how much offense do you actually get in there? Basically, what this match was, Brock Lesnar hitting a couple F5s on Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman getting tossed out of the ring almost immediately. Braun Strowman almost being counted out, gets back in. Brock Lesnar takes off the MMA gloves. They brawl back and forth a little bit. Lesnar hits Braun Strowman with another F5, gets the pin. People did not expect Brock Lesnar to win. I love it. 
you know, even though it's, I think the title run will be short-lived, I'd be shocked, 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 shocked if it leads into WrestleMania. But again, I think WWE wants Braun Strowman's win to be more special. And le- and listen, with all due respect to Saudi Arabia, Braun Strowman will get a much bigger monster pop in the United States than he would get in Saudi Arabia. So yes, this match ended in three minutes. Brock Lesnar is your universal champion, and we'll see where it goes from here. They did announce that Brock Lesnar will now be facing AJ Styles at Survivor Series. No titles on the line, obviously. You know, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it would be interesting to see if the title changes beforehand. Quite honestly, I don't see Brock Lesnar wrestling again before Survivor Series, which takes place in about, what, two weeks? A little more than two weeks? I don't think people realize how quickly it's coming up. So it should be an interesting match between those two. So next we have the World Cup Final. Dolph Ziggler versus The Miz. Shane McMahon comes out. Big pop from the crowd. You know, for Saudi Arabia, absolutely big pop. Baron Corbin, no reaction whatsoever. So Drew McIntyre is immediately ordered to the back. They want it to be one-on-one, Miz versus Ziggler. Fine. Match never starts. Bell never rings. Miz starts beating up on Dolph Ziggler, throws him outside the ring. Miz jumps to the floor to get some more offense in. He starts selling an ankle injury. Commentators are pointing out match never started, concerned for the Miz. Referee comes over, wants to... um, make the match a forfeit, Dolph Ziggler winning. Dolph Ziggler wants that. Shane McMahon wants none of it. Two times they were, the referee was going to call a forfeit. Shane McMahon will not have it. Shane McMahon that's it, then says that he will take the place of The Miz in the World Cup final. Shane McMahon versus Dolph Ziggler in the final, and you actually hear the crowd start a This Is Awesome chant. Match went a little more than... Two minutes, maybe three at the most. Shane McMahon, you know, going back and forth. The referee, because Baron Corbin tried to trip Shane McMahon. The referee orders Baron Corbin to the back, which I thought was kind of ridiculous because when you think earlier in the night, yes, the referee wasn't looking when Drew McIntyre was interfering in the match earlier. But still, all of a sudden, people are being escorted to the back. Drew McIntyre and Storyline shouldn't have been out there earlier in the night. But anyway, Dolph Ziggler hit Shane McMahon with a uh, zigzag for almost uh, the three count. They brawl back and forth and ends up landing the coast-to-coast on Dolph Ziggler for the win. Shane McMahon is your best-in-the-world World Cup final. Crowd loved it. People online, you know, was mixed reactions. People thought it was cool. It was surprising. People thought it was goofy, that it was a clusterfuck. Again, glorified house show. Is Shane McMahon the best in the world? No. You know, this was a tournament. You look at people in it. It's nothing against anybody who competed, but it just didn't have that feel. But, you know, it's interesting because when we did the DTKC show on Monday, I spent a nice amount of time... Thanks to Stell, you know, shout out to him. He's uh, He does a soccer podcast, does a little work for NBC Sports and a few others. He had given me so much info as far as Saudi Arabia's interest in, you know, other things. And there's a lot of friction right now because of Qatar hosting the World Cup in 2020. You know, I don't think people out there really understand how big of a deal that is. If you did not hear Monday's DTKC show, you know, I break it down. 
And speaking of break it down, break it down. We'll get into DX in a little bit. But um, no, I mean, it's it was a big deal. But, you know, this is the Saudi Arabia event and it's important to them and the fans that were there were entertained. And that's what mattered. WWE was not doing this event to please you, to please me. They were doing it to please the Saudi Arabia hierarchy, Saudi Arabian fans. And that's basically what it was. So you have Shane McMahon now, you know, the winner of the World Cup, and that's the end of it. This is going to lead into Survivor Series, obviously. Let's see who on the SmackDown roster ends up going to Raw as a result, and let's see who on Raw goes over to SmackDown. So now you have your main event, Shawn Michaels and Triple H defeating Undertaker and Kane. Match went almost a half an hour. This was your main event in Saudi Arabia. That was your main event in Australia. Overseas, it's nostalgia more than anything because they do not have the luxury of getting live WWE wrestling in their areas. Yes, they could watch it on TV every week. Yes, in most places they could watch it on the network. But as far as these countries go, where they never get the opportunity to see these wrestlers live and in person, if you advertise some nostalgia, and I know a lot of people out there are not happy with nostalgia. I hopefully my rant from a couple of weeks ago put everybody in their place. Just my opinion. Everybody has a right to their opinion. But if you're going to sell out Super Showdown and you're going to sell out Crown Jewel, and yes, the tickets were dirt cheap. But if Saudi Arabia is going to pay you that kind of money and they want those guys to be the main event, and those guys could still go, that's what you're going to get. Was there a decent amount of Gaga in this match? Absolutely. We talked about that on Monday. All right, It wasn't going to be as out of control as you saw it in Australia. But it was back and forth, back and forth throughout the whole match. Everybody hit their finishing maneuvers. Um, the interesting thing about it is the end of the match is exactly what I had said on Monday. Uh, and that's one of the few things I ended up getting right. I said that... You'll see Kane get um, super kicked by Shawn Michaels. He'll turn around right into the pedigree, and Triple H pins Kane for the one, two, three. It's exactly what I had said on Monday. You could see that a mile away. But it was an entertaining match. It wasn't embarrassing in any way, shape, or form. And I have said this for quite some time now. All right, A lot of people will not admit it. And maybe you've never really consciously thought about it, but... You know, again, what I had said earlier, you have been wanting Shawn Michaels to come out of retirement for eight years, whatever, however long it was. And you've had people that you would have loved to see him face, from AJ Styles to Daniel Bryan to others. And he never came out of retirement. And it took Saudi Arabian money to get him out of retirement. But he's got a family. He doesn't get the paydays like he did in the 90s and the early to mid-2000s. So when this kind of money comes along, Undertaker gives you his blessing. WWE really is pushing for it. You can still go. That's what you're going to get. Shawn Michaels was fine today. Obviously, he can't do anywhere near what he used to do. But it was a fun match. It ended with the crowd loving this. I mean, they, they loved it. They ate it up. And to see that crowd reaction in Saudi Arabia, that appeases the Saudi hierarchy completely. 
I mean, really pleases the Saudi hierarchy, and that was the goal. WWE has a 10, and get used to this, seriously. You're not going to see Saudi Arabia influence on WWE programming every week, all right? But when these events start getting close to, you know, the time it's supposed to take place in Saudi Arabia, you will see these storylines on TV and get used to it because they got a 10-year deal. So we don't know how many times a year they're going to go to Saudi Arabia. Maybe it's just two. Maybe it goes up to three. I don't know. But the point is, for the next nine years, expect this to happen during the year. Now, it's going to be interesting because a lot of people, what I noticed online today, is younger fans that are in their 20s to maybe 30, their childhood was growing up watching DX and the Attitude Era, watching The Undertaker, watching Shawn Michaels, Brock Lesnar before he left to go play football and then UFC. So that was their period of growing up as a wrestling fan. For me, it goes back further. You know, Bob Backlund, heavyweight champ, you know, Snooker Morocco in a cage, WrestleMania, you know, just that's where my era started. For younger people out there, their era started right in the middle of the Attitude Era. And that is really what Saudi Arabia is loving. Now, what happens five years from now? Is Saudi Arabia really going to want some of the wrestlers of today that Saudi Arabia just looks as an afterthought right now? It's going to be interesting to see who from yesteryear is going to be booked on these Saudi Arabia events five years from now, seven years from now, nine years from now. Start writing down on a piece of paper some of the wrestlers' ages that are older, you know, that could still do a little bit, and you tack on five, seven, nine years to it. I mean, they're not going to be around. They might be a guest host of the show, but as far as performing, it's going to be really interesting to see where this goes. But I thought it was an okay show. I kept it in perspective. I know a lot of people did as well. I know, you know, because of the climate with what happened to the reporter, you know, it's just amazing how upset and offended people are that WWE went. You know, other websites were trying to sell you that it was on, it was off, it was scrubbed, it was on, it was off, it's in jeopardy, it's this, this, and that. WWE did a brilliant job the last couple of weeks, basically fooling everyone. Didn't fool me and didn't fool a lot of you out there that listened to the show. And I give you all credit because a lot of you out there felt the same way. They were fooling other websites. And maybe other websites weren't fooled, but they were writing that way for clickbait. That's the bottom line. But when you hear that WWE had someone in Saudi Arabia for the whole month, WWE never had any intention for this event to be canceled in Saudi Arabia. The only way they were not going to go is if the United States put a travel restriction on U.S. Uh, Americans, U.S. citizens to travel to Saudi Arabia. That was the only way WWE was not going to go. And if you remember a couple of weeks ago, I said WWE is treating this like they treated Hogan three or four years ago. WWE just, all they did, think back. The only thing that WWE did over the last couple of weeks is remove the word Saudi Arabia from their website. There's, there was nothing wrong with that. Saudi Arabia, they knew they were having the event. A lot of fans over there knew they had the event. 
Unfortunately, he started getting confused because you had a lot of websites saying it's on, it's off, it's in jeopardy, it's this, it's that. There was never any intentions of it being off. Then you had some matarats two weeks ago posting a photo that, yeah, they're setting up for Crown Jewel, not realizing that it was a soccer event of what they were doing. So there was so much misinformation out there, and all WWE did during that time was remove two words, Saudi Arabia. And when some websites started pressuring them, the only thing that they said was, our channel of communications are open all the time. If any wrestlers have any problems, they can speak to us. Notice how WWE never said that Daniel Bryan or John Cena or others, if they did not want to appear, they did not have to. All they said was the channel of communications were open. They never gave any statement whatsoever. They never led any way. And that's why I say, do not be surprised if you see people out there start making claims that the reason why Daniel Bryan didn't go was because of his family, because of schedule, seeing it because of Hollywood. He really wanted to go, but he couldn't because they're in a bad situation. Both of them wrestled at the Greatest Royal Rumble. They don't owe any of us an explanation. They really don't. In a way, they do, but they don't. But if they come out now after the event is over and try to blame it on something else, that's fucked up. You know, again, it's a fucked up situation because this is, you know, their company they, they work for. Daniel Bryan more than John Cena. He's got a family to raise too. All right? He wants to be on the good graces of WWE. So if he comes out publicly and says something negative about Saudi Arabia because of what happened, how do you think Saudi Arabia's hierarchy are going to feel about this? Even if they were definitely involved in the Khashoggi murder, the Prince, whoever it is, even if they were involved, how do you think WWE is going to feel that Saudi Arabia gets mad that one of WWE's own employees is bad-mouthing Saudi Arabia? So Daniel Bryan says nothing. Now, if Daniel Bryan you know, was really offended by Saudi Arabia, then why did he go to the Greatest Royal Rumble? If you're offended by the way they treat women in LGBTQ, why did you go to the Greatest Royal Rumble? See what I'm saying? Greatest Royal Rumble ruins a lot of arguments for a lot of people out there where you say that they had every right to stay home, they had every right to feel this way, they had every right to do this, they had every right to do that. Well, what about Greatest Royal Rumble? So I think at the end of the day, one thing is for certain that we should all really sometimes put politics aside. If you are that offended that WWE traveled overseas, right, then just don't watch it. But for some reason, a lot of people out there have to tell us, I'm not watching it. I'm watching it. Now, podcasts and bloggers, or if somebody is a friend of yours and they say, hey, Joe, you watching Crown Jewel? Okay, then you respond. But when you got people out there trying to make political statements, I'm not watching because of what happened with the reporter, the way they treat women, the way they treat this. You know, they have to broadcast it because they need attention. There was some moron earlier today, and I'll leave you with this. There was some moron earlier today. I remember his name, but he posted a screenshot of a confirmation that he sold WWE stock today. And he sold it for like $70. And he said, and he specifically wrote that because WWE, he was a fan of WWE for 27 years, but because they went to Saudi Arabia uh, in, in the, the light of the death of Jamal Khashoggi, he was selling his WWE stock and he's no longer a fan. Now, number one, I ripped this guy a new asshole, which he probably doesn't care. But the fact that he wrote Jamal Khashoggi in his tweet, he's using Khashoggi's tweet to try to add more credibility or power to his action. But 
what was funny about it is nobody stopped to look closely at his confirmation. There was no number of shares sold. There was nothing. All it said was a bland, blank confirmation. It was photoshopped. And the funny thing is, is that the guy legitimately can own WWE stock. He can own 10 shares. He can own 1,000 shares. We don't know. But this motherfucker could have sold one share and then took the screenshot. Number one, the stock at $70 right now. Chances are you made a profit. I don't know too many people that bought the stock at $90 a share. They bought it at 20 30 40 So even if you sold one share of stock today, you still made money on it. So this guy posts a screenshot, and I'm like, where's the number of shares sold? Blacked it out. Now, if you sold a lot of shares, wouldn't you want that to be the focal point of you? This is just people trying to get attention on themselves. Look at me. I donated $10 to a bum. Look at me. I'm not watching the crown jewel. Look at me. I canceled my WWE network. Look at me. I sold my stock. Look at me. In the end, you're the one that looks like the fool, the insecure moron that needs attention. So I'm out of here. Hey, just like crown jewel, I tried to hype up and spice up this review to give you Wow, 40 minutes worth of discussion. Let me know what you thought of Crown Jewel if you saw it. If you didn't see it, for any of the reasons, like I said, I totally respect that. And honestly, I had no intention on seeing this event. But I owed it to our patrons. I owed it to our friends in Saudi Arabia and Abu Dhabi who wanted a recap. They asked us, are you going to recap it? I asked Kev Castle to do it. He said he was tied up with work today. So I said, okay, you know, uh, I don't mind doing it. You know, I didn't want to see it, but, you know, at the same time, we don't want to leave the fans high and dry. So I watched it. I gave it a recap. I, did, I watched it while I was at work, so it was really no problem for me. The only thing I had a hard time doing was really taking detailed notes. But I think I got the overall gist for you as far as what went down. Um, and just let me know what you thought of it. Anyway, I'm out of here. Don't forget, this weekend, you'll get episode 44 of This Week in Wrestling History, Monday the 5th. Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle show returns, and uh, we'll go from there. Everyone, have a great weekend. Follow me on Twitter, at DonTonyD. The website, DonTony.com. Email me, DonTony, at DonTony.com. Facebook.com slash DTKC show. And as always, if you want to help us keep these shows free for everyone, keep the bills paid, the lights on, consider our Patreon page, Patreon.com slash DonTony. Five bucks gets you hundreds upon hundreds of exclusive shows over there hundreds of hours of shows i should say uh breakfast soup hosted by yours truly and mish we just did a two and a half hour episode this past wednesday halloween which was awesome kev castle for everybody who loves kev and always wants a solo show without me talking he's got castle chronicles there which is hundreds of hours of content as well pay-per-view predictions challenges we have giveaways uh Ad-free episodes of DTKC, Breakfast with Blossy, early releases of This Week in Wrestling History, retro shows, Mass Maniac show, lost episodes. There is so much content there. And I brought back blah, blah, blah. Did 90 minutes yesterday of blah, blah, blah. So check it out. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. Everyone be well, and I'll catch you all soon. Ciao. 
support the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show on Patreon. Get access to thousands of hours of back episodes. Get bonus episodes and exclusive shows. Castle Chronicles. Breakfast Soup. Pay-per-view recaps. DVDs. Beer koozies. Tattoos. Muscles. And more. Support the show that's entertained millions for over 16 years. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. Once again, Patreon.com slash Don Tony.